3: Welcome to The Family with
4: Doug Sprinthal
0: and Andy Brampernard.
3: and Timmy Lammers will join us. Everybody's lost their minds and we'll prove it to you right after this with The Family. <laughs> Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest?
2: Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries.
3: Oh, here we are, Bretch on Brian. Two. Now, was that a half hour? Because if it's not, it wasn't a half hour. He'll bitch. Uh, it was a minute eight. So Damn not it. quite. Wow,
4: eight seconds over. Yeah. How unprofessional. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Walzer Automotive Group, dot com.
4: We were talking about this this morning on the uh, morning show. There are certain times of the year where it's advantageous uh, to be shopping for new cars. And this, from now until actually the 3rd of January is when these incentives are going. The manufacturers this time of the year, they all try to beat each other's ass. So the way they do it is they'll put extra year-end incentives on a lot of vehicles. So you can go to walzer.com. Ones that caught my eye this morning, an HRV, not a lot of people know what this is. It's a smaller version of the Honda CRV, which Princess Catherine drives. You can sign and drive at least one of those right now for 279 a month. They've got a This is a cool deal. We're going to be talking about making commercials afterwards. Nissan Sentra, JLo came up with this. It's called the sign and buy. It's zero out of pocket, 299 a month and at the end of the term you actually own the car. So, really? a lot of cool deals. That's a good um, idea. So, this, if you're in the market for a new car, this is a good time to be shopping. And remember, if you buy a new car from Walzer, it comes with Walzer Care, which is a 10 year, 150,000 mile warranty, absolutely
3: free. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com.
1: All
3: right, got a few things to get to. We got Tire Carver coming up, we got Tim Lammers coming up. I just want to run three quick stories down here because politically we have lost our minds in this country and I don't know what we're going to do.
4: You could do what I do. I just start drinking for breakfast. That's
3: what I should do. You're absolutely right. You sons of bitches.
0: Bourbon on your pancakes?
3: Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be perfect.
0: Play more Leonard Sinners.
3: So apparently it wasn't enough for San Francisco to demand. Uh, now, the people don't want it. The, the residents of San Francisco don't want it. But the city wants to rename uh, Abraham Lincoln High School.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: They want to name, rename Lincoln High School. They, they haven't said yet what they want to name. At least I haven't seen that, right? Okay, well, it didn't just stay with Abraham Lincoln and Thomas Jefferson and all those guys. San Francisco Board of Supervisors are going to rename Zuckerberg Hospital. Oops. He gave him $75 million. A uh, $75 million donation to a hospital wasn't enough to earn Mark Zuckerberg a like from the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. The board voted 10 to one this week to condemn the naming of Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital after the Facebook founder. Business Insider reports uh, the reason they want to, they they want to get rid of him is they they accuse Facebook Facebook quote of endangering public health with oh, COVID God. misinformation
4: this I, is where you know, the world's I understand going buddy the liberal agenda to a point but when they, the guy's donating 75 million dollars <laughs> to take care of people i don't know he is a kind of an odd cat oh, he's, he's not my favorite. So he's not, like he's not murdering yeah. children he's a very weird guy it's like right. when aoc gave uh uh amazon the finger to, when they wanted to build that big center yep. it's yep.
3: like you just
4: kissed off thirty thousand jobs. 30, 000, what 000. are you
3: yep. doing? You're absolutely right. Okay, so we move on from renaming Abraham Lincoln. We move on from there to renaming Zuckerberg Hospital. And we found out yesterday, thanks to um, Louis Lewis Farrakhan, you know, because eat you know, even keel Louis Farrakhan.
4: <laughs> Snappy dresser. Did
3: you hear what he said about Kamala Harris? I did not. He said, We are on the verge. We're right there, ladies and gentlemen. We have a person who's one step away from becoming the first black president of the United States.
2: Are you kidding me?
3: He actually said that. Interesting. And then I found out why he said it he has never considered Barack Obama to be black because his mother's white. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right.
4: <laughs> well, Lewis is, well, what's the term for it? He's kind of high yellow, isn't he? I mean, he's uh, more... Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah I can I mean, see, yeah, see that. Yeah, I can see that. The darkest of African Americans. I don't
3: know. Barack's the wrong kind of African American, oh. man. You're, you're not the right kind. Now, Kamala Harris, <clears throat> is, for her father is from, I think, Jamaica, and yeah. her, her mother's from India, I think. Yeah, so so she's, she's only Asian half black, too. And, so so she's she's
4: African and Asian so yeah
3: so what is he talking about I mean seriously this guy is seriously mentally ill well yes
5: Does it,
4: well maybe you're the only person that listens to him anymore I, oh, I no just,
3: I don't <laughs> I just happened to hear that he said we would have our first black president I said he can't be that stupid <laughs> but turns out he is that stupid but in a different way. What a just a flat out racist. See, moron. I would have
4: assumed he meant black female, but he, he, he but he never right. considered Obama to be black. black.
3: Nope, he's not black. His mother's white, so he's not black. Okay, Lewis, how, did you ever consider yourself a murderer just after Malcolm X died? Yeah. Do you ever consider yourself that? There uh, Lewis, how he can still be in he orchestrated the massacre of Malcolm X from what that's, I understand.
4: that seems to be the common thought.
3: I don't know. It's just the whole thing is just unbelievable. It's thought after thought. Nothing may ever top, though, The the your Christmas decorations are offensive.
4: Yeah, that, no, that's, that's brilliant.
3: One of the greatest things about that is when I come here from my house, I come north on Highway 100. And I talk to Tony. When you used to go south on Highway 100 down by Minnetonka Boulevard, there's this huge menorah there every year this time of the year. But the way they reconstructed the exit ramps on Minnetonka Boulevard, there was no room for it anymore. Mm. I thought, what are they going to do? What, this would be terrible. I loved seeing that thing. Yeah. Well, it's on the other side of 100 now, and it's about probably a couple hundred feet, a few hundred feet south of where it used to be. It's right in front of the Opus Outlet now, right on oh, 100. Okay. Kind of by uh, Life, the LA Fitness yep. right there. So there is a Which menorah. Which used to
4: there. be Walzer Ford.
3: Yeah, right. Yeah. It used to be Walzer Ford, right, exactly. So that's where the menorah is now. And I looked at it, and I thought, a woman knocked on the door and said, your Christmas wreath is, is obje- objectionable because it's offending some people. This menorah is about 25 feet tall, <laughs> which I love. I love seeing it. reminds me of being a kid and seeing the old one in the old spot. I love it, but apparently 25-foot menorah is okay, but a wreath on your front door is not...
4: I mean, and I don't know if it's still there. When we first moved to Minnesota, we lived in Forest Hills, which is 494 and seven. It's it's right, right. where Catherine got rear-ended. We lived about yeah. half a mile
3: from right. Williston Road. Yeah.
4: And if you were drive, uh, I guess north towards Highway Seven on 494 on the left side of the road in Forest Hills, there was somebody put a huge star David up every year right. for like 25 or 30 years. I don't right. know if they still do it or not, but it was cool. It was. Mm-hmm. I thought it was neat.
3: Yeah, I don't know why people get offended. Let people celebrate. Settle down. You know, i got to tell you, you know, Kwanzaa signs are fine. Black Lives Matter, you want to do that? Menorahs are good. Christmas is good. Why can't you be happy for someone else? I know. They're happy. Leave them alone. Uh, We got tire? Yes, we do. Tire Carver, you racist. I heard you say that Obama never changed a tire in his life. That's what I heard you say. (laughs)
5: <laughs> so
3: starts, Probably yeah, not I wrong. Know that. Well, just me too. Barack <laughs> Obama and I have that in common. You don't want me anywhere near changing the tire. I can guarantee you that. Tyre, did you ever hear the story about Timmy Laudner and me going to play a softball tournament?
5: Uh, sure, I've heard it, but uh, go again. <laughs>
3: So, good move. Timmy Laudner yes. and I are up north. We're going to go up to meet Passault at his cabin up in Hayward, near Hayward, Minong, Wisconsin, actually. We're going to meet, uh, you know, Paul uh, Majors is up there, and Passault's up there, and all these people are up there, and Timmy Laudner and I are driving up, and I get a flat tire. It's like, oh, damn it, I pull over, and I go to get out of the car, and Laudner goes, what are you doing? I said, am going to change the tire. He goes, no, you're not. If I'm riding this car, you're not. So he went and changed the tire himself, so I wouldn't change it.
4: Oh, no, and Timmy probably was able to pick the car up with one hand. Yeah, or...
5: exactly. That's exactly right. So, tire, what's well, happening with, with you? luck with light bulbs, I wouldn't uh, trust you with a tire either. Okay.
3: <laughs> there we go. It was the, the dome not over right, the light right. bulb. It was the dome over the light bulb, not the light bulb itself. Oh, okay.
5: <laughs>
3: well, that's true. You're right. So how's the family, by the way?
5: Family's doing good, and uh, that was one of the reasons I wanted to call in. Um, It's actually our 15th anniversary today, so I want to wish my wife a very happy anniversary.
3: Absolutely. Happy anniversary.
5: Thank you. And uh, with next week being Christmas, I want to wish everybody that's listening a uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
3: Well, Happy New Year to you. Tyre, you're, you and your family are terrific people. I'm very. We talked about it on the air this morning. A woman called in named Ruth, and she won a contest to go up to uh, Border Lake uh, Lodge and do some fishing up near Baudette, Minnesota. She was so incredibly pleasant. And I said, I am the luckiest man on earth. Our, our listeners, you guys are just amazing people. You actually do care about other people and you're happy for other people and it's a thrill to know you, man. You have a wonderful family.
5: Well somebody's gotta do it.
3: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you have to be the head of a wonderful family. That's true. Somebody's gotta do it.
4: So is this, is this your second <laughs> marriage?
5: Nope.
4: Your first? Okay. No, I was,
5: Listen I was to way you. too immature chasing chasing race cars and oh, yeah? you know, thinking only of me for a long time.
3: We're me now. <laughs> More me now. It's true. Pretty
5: pretty much everybody I dated up to that point wanted me to get rid of a street ride, get out of racing, or try to change me some way. And it was like, ah, no.
3: That won't be happening.
4: (laughs) Yeah, that's not
3: good. (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't be happening. I can't see that with you. All right, young man. Well, enjoy the holidays. Happy New Year as well. Merry Christmas. Please extend uh, that uh, salutation to your family. They're very, very nice people. Will do. All right. Thanks, Tyre. Thank you. Talk yeah. to you soon. Bye. Tyre Carver, seriously, he and his entire family—you could not meet nicer people.
4: Where are the caramels? You didn't ask him about that.
3: Oh, I should have asked about car- where are this year's caramels, Tyre. Way to go, my friend.
4: Take take him off the list.
3: Those things are good. I know oh, they are. Jesus, I suppose because of COVID, he can't do yeah. it. Yeah, it's one of those deals. We did a little <laughs> uh, a little investigation this morning. You know, this whole um, we got to shut down. We they. Thank you, Governor Walz, for opening up outdoor dining when it's 21 degrees. I thought that was a joke. I did, too. At
4: least that's pretty funny. Oh, no, you're serious.
3: (laughs) He's serious. Um, Wisconsin, they have a 25% capacity rule, but nobody's following it. They're They're not. not enforcing the law at all. And their infection rates and death rates are no different than ours. Not one bit of difference. Did you know the incidence of picking up COVID is 1.7% in restaurants. It has nothing to do with eating at restaurants. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they decided to do this and turn on restaurants the way they have, but they're threatening to end people's careers if they don't shut down when they're told to. I don't know what's wrong with these people. I really don't know what's wrong with them. You're way over the top with your control of the masses thing or something. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's... Enough. Now, after the first of the year when everybody gets, you know, I don't I don't care if it's May. It would be great if it were, you know, March or April. But the end of May, how about opening up the restaurants for Memorial Day?
4: Well, I, you know, I think once they start getting the vaccine to the elderly, and I understand the strategy of not overrunning the hospitals. There's No, a, absolutely. There's a few in, in Los Angeles and in Reno where they had to set up field hospitals and parking ramps right because they get so and they don't have enough healthcare workers to take care of them so i but most of them the people that get that sick are older yeah, so we they need vaccinate Absolutely. them first and 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 just you know at least keep the hospitals available because you know people are going to need them i
3: agree why do you think it is that mr i'm very impressed with my, my let me just say again ladies and gentlemen if I ever have to see Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, or Andrew Cuomo again in my life, I might just move <laughs> to another planet. Those are five of the most annoying people I have ever, ever seen. Why, when we got a ship into the New York Harbor to put people in the hospital rooms, they never used it? Why did they do that?
4: Well, I, you know, I, I did look into that because i thought it was really odd it was it was there to not take covid patients but to take regular hospital patients oh, if oh, the way. hospitals get overrun right okay that's what it so was. if you had heart attack people whatever it was stroke it was it was set up to help those people so, so why didn't they and do that it? was my first reaction well the the hospitals never got over overrun in in the early days of the pandemic because that was what april and may I that's think. probably
3: april and may yeah it's probably right. So
4: you know, I was I thought, oh, this is just stupid. These guys. I'm like, oh, actually, okay, that does make sense to me. because nah, they, they didn't have they didn't have respirators. They didn't have all that equipment that they needed for a severe COVID patient. So the okay. idea was,
3: yeah, I don't know. we got to take a break here. But before that, I got to ask you. Like uh, most of the women that have worked for him, has Andrew Cuomo ever grabbed your crotch?
4: I don't. Know if I, I had to sign a what's it called? NDA
3: <laughs> non disclosure yeah. agreement, neither worth, confirm nor deny it's
4: worth 50 bucks.
3: $50, baby. We'll be right back. Little Timmy Lammers joining us next, right after this. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO from North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, you work with many different types of businesses. Can you tell me about one
4: of them? Absolutely. Real Fishing was started by a young entrepreneurial couple here in the Twin Cities. They offer guided fishing services during the open water season and ice house rentals in the winter. They came to us with a great idea for their business, but not a lot of experience in getting one off the ground. Now that they're up and running, they've told us how much they appreciate that we listen to their ideas for their business and help them work through all of the contingencies that could come knowing that we will be here to help them every step of the way with the capital they need.
3: Yeah, they're not going to get that at just any bank.
4: You need Bilski. Tommy, our whole team at all of the branches take pride in providing outstanding customer service and are ready to help our clients when they need us most. Why
3: not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Square and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream Bed Sheets, the MyPillow Mattress Topper, and MyPillow Towel Sets. Or call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. We always play this real happy music whenever Tim Lammers is coming on. I like it, Timmy.
1: It's 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 very soulful, Tom.
3: It is very soulful. You're absolutely right. very soulful music, no question about it. So, what'd you think of those opening stories? We had Tyre Carver on to say uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, wonderful guy. Um, yes, sir. No, I just I'm very very lucky. I'm a very lucky guy. Our, our listeners are an unbelievable group of people.
1: Oh yeah, well, like like I said this morning, I mean every time i'm on the queue i, I hear from uh, kq listeners on facebook and you know I, I like to give a shout out here and there and i right. certainly did with aaron this morning i mean they, they they're the people that make it happen for for everybody you, you know?
3: are correct that show has been it'll just going into its 36th year in just a couple of months wow it is unbelievable ladies and gentlemen unbelievable Indeed. So we were talking about the did you watch the show next?
1: No, no, I God. did not.
3: really good. You
1: know you almost kind of uh, kind of scared me with it.
3: Oh, I'm telling <laughs> you, I can understand some people be frightened as hell because what they talk about is what's going on right now anyway.
1: well, there's there's that mind F, and then there's the mind F with the social dilemma on Netflix.
3: right uh, yeah, absolutely. No, you watched you that. Know? Mm-hmm.
1: And and you know what? As many times as it happens, I forget what my wife was talking about this week, but next thing you know, it it's on her, you um, know, air... Facebook feed or something advertisement for yep. something she was just happened to be talking about a couple minutes before. It happened to me
3: yesterday. I was talking on the air about Mike Bilsky and screwing around Bilsky and blah blah blah. As I was talking about him, a North American Banking Company commercial appeared on my screen. Wow! <laughs>
5: it's
3: like Oh God, please! Don't. You
4: sure, that's I don't... not Andy just messing with you.
3: No, I think it was Bilsky messing with me.
1: <laughs>
0: emailing him a picture of Bilsky. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
4: Emailing
0: a picture of Bilsky. Where'd that come over? from? <laughs>
1: Well, I think Doug, you saw the social dilemma, correct?
4: Yeah, I watched it. I think right right away.
1: Yeah, and and you know, I mean, it's interesting because it's very creative the way they put it together, and they have like three guys that are controlling people's minds. They're puppet masters, essentially, yeah. and and you know that's it's just creepy the way they put this thing together and how they control they control you. They're in your mind scary
5: yep. stuff. So yeah, yep. I
1: really I, I guess I would like to see next at some point, but you know, again, if it's gonna make me lose sleep at night, I don't know if it's that bad. But
3: It is. It's terrifying, as a matter of fact. what they can do with artificial intelligence and digital now. It's terrifying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I don't know what it's gonna do, but if they do break up Facebook and, and Instagram and all that, I mean, what what is, is that going to really solve anything? I mean, I don't know with the antitrust. I mean, when they break up companies like that, how does that even work?
3: Andy, you would know better than anyone else. I really don't.
1: I mean, because it's like, okay, well, Facebook owns this, this, and this. They own a corner of the market and, and, you know, don't allow competition. I mean, so, so you break it up, you sell it. Well, do you really? I mean, do you... Do you sell it to a shell company? I mean, what? Yeah, it you doesn't know, really
0: make a whole lot of sense if you think about it. It's like, what's no. the difference between a guy owning one company that owns the world versus a guy owning five companies that own the world, yeah. you know? Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. it's well, really when they no break
4: it up. when they break stuff up, though, that isn't what happened. I mean, the, the telephone company, that's the, probably the best example.
0: Right, <laughs> right. They
4: allowed other competitors to offer phone service. Right. But that's what I don't understand about, and it's probably a good question for an attorney, Um, How would you break up a social media company? Because people will still, Mm -hmm. they're so used to it, um, and it's free. See, when they broke up the phone business, the the reason the competition is they could offer better service at lower prices. But we don't Uh pay anything to use Facebook. Yeah, I
0: mean, as much as I'd I'd like to see Facebook fall into the core of the earth, I don't think... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Technically, they're really doing anything monopolistically. Oh yes, they are. I mean, anyone can start a social networking site. Well, really, what right. it, and
4: Zuckerberg actually was it's one of the few times I thought he said something funny when he was <laughs> in Capitol Hill. Was it a year ago, testifying? Some senator said, "So, you don't charge anybody to use your service. Uh, how do you make money?" And he goes. Um, we're an advertising company. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. well, that's really I mean, like, kind of what they well, and Google Michael are. Bryant for the yeah.
3: antitrust question, yeah, Google has more advertising, does more advertising business than any other company in right. the world. From what I and understand.
4: Facebook does a lot. I mean, they oh, really they are. When you think about it, they're advertising companies that give their other services away so people can right. look at ads.
3: Did you hear this morning what happened with Google and Facebook? Mm-mm. Apparently they're both in a little bit of trouble, and Google denies it, and Facebook hasn't responded to it. Apparently, Google has been paying Facebook so they don't compete directly with them. Mm. Yeah. You know how they're paying them—directing advertisers to buy time on Facebook.
5: <laughs>
3: so then they won't—they won't compete directly with Google. So everybody wins, except for, of course, the taxpayer.
4: Can I tell my Google story? Love to hear it. Uh, we use. Uh, Kelly Blue Book and a lot of our dealerships as a place to evaluate
3: trades. Yeah. Not sure.
4: So our rep said, Hey, Google wants to talk to some car dealers. Would you be interested in going to California for a couple of days and hanging out? I'm like, hang out with Google and see it? Sure. So we fly out there. And we went to the old part of Google, which looks suspiciously like uh, buildings that were made in the '70s for bachelors, it's, and that's what actually they were. They had, you know, they, had, they were stucco with sort of the German dark oh, boarding yeah, on sure, the outside. Sure. Those kind of joints. i like, this is Google. Now, if you go across town, it's nicer. But all these people are super smart, but they don't. Every, none of them had any idea what our business was. This woman got up there. And she started this presentation, and she's talking about how important it is to be creative in advertising and that we should do things like Volvo did. And then she played a uh, TV commercial, and you, you'll remember it when I describe it. It's Jean-Claude Van Damme between two mm-hmm. Volvo trucks that I are remember. backing up, and he's slowly doing the splits. Right. And she's like, what a creative way to demonstrate the product. You should do that. And I stuck my hand in the air, and I said, okay, that's a $2 million commercial? car dealers annual ad budgets are 10 percent of that
3: yeah there you go she went oh how would she not know that what business are you in boy that's weird
4: i think they just they make so much money they just can afford to hire really smart people and in hopes that they do something
3: (laughs) my question Uh is this why would i want to buy a truck because you can do the splits i don't get it
4: well it did bring your your attention to the brand
3: oh i suppose
4: and uh, volvo was big in other parts of the world but not so big in the u.s i mean kenworth and we get a lot of truck drivers that listen to this they could always call in and tell us 561-228-4061 i don't know how big a brand volvo is in the u.s but i think that's what that commercial was designed to do
3: yeah well that's i'm sure that's true you don't see a lot of volvos in the united states you see them, but not that many.
4: They've come back, so it's yeah. actually a Chinese company now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, when well, Volvo went bankrupt, a company I think it's called Greeley bought them five or six years ago, and they're they're really they've come back from the dead. They've, their sales are, are way way up. Of course, they, they really couldn't have gone in any other direction. But is
1: Hugo going to make a comeback, Doug?
4: Ah, uh, let's hope not.
1: Hugo. <laughs>
3: Uh, how about Tata? Who? What does Tata own? Is that was that? Wasn't that? Like uh, no, that's uh,
4: yeah. They own Jaguar. That's a, a Indian company. India
3: from India. Yep.
4: And they own Jaguar.
3: I think something they else. own something else. They do. Own
4: surprising. Else. They might own Land Rover as well.
3: That might be right. I think it's Jaguar and Land Rover. It's actually an
4: Indian company. Yep.
3: Tata. T-A-T-A. We were at.
4: I was at a General Motors, a GMC dealer meeting. And they were talking about uh, Silverado, Sierra sales versus the F-150 and the and the Ram. And the guy says, Rams, I don't know why, why anybody would want to buy an Italian pickup anyway. Because <laughs> Fiat, Chrysler's owned by Fiat. Right, <laughs> so just took a slap at him.
3: Well, I guess. An Italian I, truck. That's rather cold. <laughs> but but Jaguar know, and Land Rover. It is Jaguar and Land Rover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. There you have it i got to ask you a question. This is a stupid question because I'm sure I know the answer, but has Rolls-Royce ever won a commercial?
4: <laughs> Boy, I don't remember. I
3: don't ever remember seeing a, a Rolls-Royce commercial.
4: The only, uh, the, uh, it was in a famous commercial. The, right. Pardon right. me, do you have any gray poupon? But right. I don't think that they've ever had to advertise. I don't
3: think so. I don't, I don't. don't. How many Rolls-Royces a year are sold? I have no idea.
4: I I, I would be surprised if it's more than four or 5,000. Yeah, Worldwide, I would Worldwide, I would say that.
3: I would have to agree. $4,000 or $5,000. make the sticker
1: in? price on that, Doug?
4: Well, I think the cheap ones are like 350 or four, and they go up from there.
0: Wow. Hmm. Uh, 2019, 5100 okay. okay. Which is a 20% increase over 2018. So there you go. So You're $4,000. Four $4,000. Right 4000 Yeah. 4000 to 5000
4: Welcome to the next... Exciting version of Andy Looks Up Shit on the Internet. Yep,
0: exactly.
3: <laughs> we will be right back, and Timmy's going to talk a little. We're going to talk movies. going to talk TV. What are we going to talk,
1: Timmy? Well, I want to ask you about a show that I, I believe you said, told, said on Take you that you just started watching.
3: No, nope, forget it. You're out. Bob's right. Burgers. Yeah, Bob's <laughs> Yes, exactly. We'll be right back with Timmy Lammers.
1: Never seen you looking so bad, my funky one. You tell me that your super
3: fine mind has come undone. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Lammers with us. Now, Tim, you're gonna tell me or talk to me about a show that I just started watching.
1: Yeah, I thought you said which means you took the dive back into Netflix. The Queen's Gambit.
3: Oh God, we love it. And he well, do you know the story about Netflix? Everyone in the world has seen the Queen's Gambit. Yep, I think so. I think that's very, very true, but it was a situation where Catherine kept saying, Oh, you know, I'd love to watch that and I'd love to watch this and then you know what She kept mentioning all this stuff and I finally decided that I would cave because some people told me that, that the press's uh, take on that whole twerking thing with the eleven years old and I still don't agree with what they did, don't get me wrong, but typical yeah. frogs over there in France. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> typical.
4: She was a Muslim actually to make things worse. No.
3: Yeah. Oh my god. But, uh, you know, apparently it wasn't overtly sexual. I heard it was, but everybody else is telling me, no, it wasn't. It was Mm. dancing, so I don't know.
4: I didn't watch it, but but from my understanding, I heard an interview with her and did some reading. She wrote that and made the movie as a protest against that sort of stuff. Oh, and where Netflix, I think, really effed up is the way they marketed it because the yeah. okay. you what know, the, the name the pictures, "Cuties"
0: by itself yeah. is yeah. bad yeah. enough. Yeah, it's, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's a well, yeah.
4: controversial it's, subject regardless yeah. of how it was marketed. Right. But, right, right.
1: Yeah, well, it's hard to make a, a, a movie that you're. Protesting the subject without actually filming some offensive stuff.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, do they really need the, you know, like from the ground crotch shots of the eight-year-old girls I to make know. a point? I know, it's funny
4: so. every time, and I would never watch it. I just, I just it would be hard to watch. I would think, but every time I think about that stuff, I think of John Benet Ramsey. You know, oh, yeah, I know. films oh, of oh, know. Yeah, of really? how can yep. you do that to a little kid? A little
3: kid? Exactly. So, Timmy, do you hear how I solved the problem?
1: So how did you solve
3: the problem? I signed up for Netflix. I put it under my name with the understanding that I would never put my wife's name on a whorehouse like Netflix. <laughs> well, so there you go. So there you so have it. So how far are
1: you in the gambit?
3: I think we're on four now. The episode. It's a seven-part I think 7 part series, right? Uh,
1: yes, you're correct. I yeah. think it's it's weird on, on Netflix. I mean, you can have seven episodes. Right. You can have... 11, right. 13. You know, generally TV, you would get the thirteen uh, or twenty-six episodes for a season. Yeah. But this this is a limited series. This uh, uh, actress in it, a- Anya Taylor Joy, she's yeah. everywhere now, and she actually signed up for. She's going to play the young Imperior Furiosa in a Mad Max prequel. So she is going to take on the Charlize Theron role. That, but she is an incredible actress, and it's just a great story. It's I don't fascinating, think. Fascinating, and I was telling Andy and Catherine and uh, I forgot L A Nick. I, I called in last week on Wednesday. I don't play chess, but I am completely fascinated by that show, and I don't even know a damn thing about chess.
4: I don't think her liver could have handled more than seven episodes.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, what about you guys? I mean. You, it, Doug, do you play? I know Mike Bryan and I were texting about it, and he
4: played chess. I, but, I played you know. a lot when I was a kid, and I, I, and I remember why my uncle was a big Bobby Fisher fan, and Bobby Fisher, I think, was from Rhode Island. So uh, growing up in the 60s, oh, yeah. when he's playing yeah. Boris Basky, I was, you know, I was I think that was 68, so I was 9 or 10 years old, that's when I started playing. And I played against my grandmother and my dad, who were pretty good chess players, and when I was learning, they would start and they'd take both of their uh, rooks off. So as soon as I could beat them without their rooks, mm-hmm. then they then they put them back on. And it, it, I, I don't play much anymore, but I did enjoy it for quite a number of years.
1: You should have Mike uh, tell the story of, it's a similar sort of situation where, Tom, have you seen, the, I don't know if it's in that episode yet, but the girl goes into school where she takes on all these chess kids And Mm -hmm. they're all sitting kind of like in a semi, not a semi-circle, but you know what I'm saying, semi-rectangle. And, uh, you know, goes one by one and beats them all. And Mike uh, has a great story about uh, when some chess guy came into his school, and he was one of the kids sitting there playing. So ask him about that. I don't want to screw up his story. but uh, No, he got his
3: ass kicked, I'm sure. I know the (laughs) end.
1: Actually, (laughs) actually not what you would have expected. He didn't get his ass kicked, but he, 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 he felt it were a victory, a moral victory, what happened. Oh, a moral victory. Okay, well. never
3: mind then. Well, I'll just tell victory.
1: it. Mike can, Mike can call in, or, or you can ask him to, to cl- uh, clarify it. He said, he, you know, the guy was just mowing everybody down. He gets to Mike, and he says, hmm, and then he went on to kick his ass. But he said the fact that he actually had to pause and think for a second, and it was kind of like an acknowledgment of, Hmm, interesting. Okay, now I'm going to yeah, down. Yeah, but wait a second.
3: What if he paused and went, hmm, this guy's going to be really easy yeah. to beat.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> wow, it could be. Like I say, let Mike clarify the story. There you uh, go, but, right uh, yeah. there. It was. Love it, it. It's fun to watch, and, and that's the, the you know hallmark of a great series. I mean, you don't have to know the subject matter to really get into it. Because obviously, great show. Much more than just the chess, but it's a family situation of hers you know the, the, the people that adopted her uh the you know the orphanage story yeah it's it's just a great series
3: well and plus it reminded me when i was 11 and I used to drink like that
4: <laughs> <laughs> i bet you didn't look quite as good though
3: nah i didn't well, have that page talking about drinking since you got Netflix again
1: did you see mank yet
3: no, I definitely want to see Mank. I, I just watched a that
4: a couple days
0: ago.
3: Huge that fan. That boy
4: could put some liquor down, man.
3: Oh, that's what I hear, yeah.
0: Mankowitz. what a guy. Yeah. One of our listeners wants to know if anyone's seen Someone Feed Phil. No. I never What's even that? heard of it. It's on Netflix. It's uh, about Phil Rosenthal, executive producer of Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, yeah, great guy. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah,
0: he travels the world, eats food, et cetera. Yeah, he's a really nice guy, too. He's a really good guy. Yeah, he goes to Bangkok, Saigon, Tel Aviv, Lisbon, New Orleans, Mexico City, all over the place. Places that you wouldn't think would be associated with food, really.
4: Does he go to Bob's Burgers?
0: Uh, I don't know if he's figured out how to
3: get there yet. Well, let me just tell you something. Today alone, I've been in Golden Valley, St. Louis Park, Andy, Dinah. What do you think of that?
0: Wow. You Sample the food in each location. Perkins
3: around the world. Gravelin, man. I would like the Perkins that are still open. I'd love to do that. Someone should
0: make a, uh, a TV series like Someone Feed Phil, except it's just McDonald's in every country. It's like, how does the Big Mac differ from Korea to America. Yeah. I watched, oh, it uh, doesn't.
4: There's some weird sh- food show where they eat hot sauce and then interview yeah,
0: people. Yeah, spicy ones or yeah. whatever. Oh, and yeah, I watched an uh, yes, episode
4: yes, yeah, and Alton Brown Alton Brown was the guest hmm. who's kind of a he's a he's a pompous elitist but he's a pretty interesting guy and he's also apparently a private pilot and he goes I got a great idea for a show because there's municipal airports all over the place and there's a pilot you can fly in there and you can take a car and they have all these fabulous little restaurants nobody's ever heard of so I wanted to do a show about flying into these little towns and then ah. going to these cool little restaurants I thought that it's actually
0: a would be I would watch that So does did the chicken wings add to the show in any way Well it's all about they give their impression of
4: the different hot sauces. They they line up a whole row of them from really mild stuff to mm. you know paint peelers. And uh, I watched two of those, and that might be enough episodes. I watched one. <laughs> That's with plenty. Trevor Noah was, and he uh. was he was pretty interesting as well.
1: Hey, Doug, I, I'm curious. What did you like Mank? I did. Yes. It, Tommy, you have to see it. Yeah, I do. Um, I just because do. of Orson Welles. I, I didn't realize that this. He was 24 years old when he went to Hollywood to make this his yep. first picture. Yep. 24 years old.
4: Now, we just watched another show about Orson Welles, and it's at the other end of his career, and it was just terrible. I mean, oh, he, it's he, he depressing spent five years trying to make this movie that made no sense at all with John Huston. Yeah,
0: right. Exactly. The end of his life isn't the most uplifting
3: oh, thing in the world. I saw him just uh, not that long before he died. I was out in Los Angeles working at Buzzies, and he was in the building... Did I ever tell you this story? You did. Oh, God. Did you ever hear this one, Tim?
1: It's worth repeating.
3: All right. I go in the front door, and Orson Wells is coming out as I'm going in. So before I go in the hallway, I realize I ain't getting by him.
4: Yeah, because he's about five at about that point, right? About 500 pounds
3: at that point, exactly. Did he get stuck in yeah, the hallway? Well, he was walking down the hallway, and his driver came up and said, Oh, Mr. Wells, just, just wait right here. Uh, I, I apologize, but I'm around the back of the building. And Orson Welles said, Oh, don't worry about it. He could not turn around in the hall. He was oh, that big. Oh, God. So then that night I went to, oh, what's the name of that restaurant? Spago? Was it Spago? Sardi's? Yeah, S- yeah.
1: It
3: was one of those.
4: Canter
1: Deli?
3: I just With happened Lazar's
1: to. Lazar's restaurant?
3: One of those. I don't know what the hell it was. It's God, I know which one it is, but I can't think of it. But anyway, I go there just for the hell of it because it's a very famous restaurant. And there's Orson eating dinner by himself. With two bottles, not just bottles, but two magnums of champagne.
0: Were they Paul Masson? <laughs>
3: Paul Ma- I, I know French. Was, oh, the French. With a well, fine cuisine.
1: <laughs> I tell you, I've seen two portrayals that have been uh, so dead on with the young Orson Welles. The one is this guy. He's some British actor. He's a dead ringer for Welles. The other one is an Ed Wood. Oh, yeah, yep. Tim Burton's film from 94. Great
3: movie. Vincent
1: D'Onofrio is Well. Love Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, D'Onofrio. it was great. I mean, uh, and yep. he is a fascinating character. There's no question. Oh, yeah. And, Ed and Ed here, you know, you you've come to find out that. You know, he didn't want Mankiewicz to have credit on Citizen Kane, and Mankiewicz realized when he was sober it was the best thing he'd ever written, you know. When so, yeah, it's fascinating. Writer. Great movie. <laughs> I love that. Wait, well, when he
3: was sober, he
1: realized. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're going to see this guy pound some liquor. I mean, Oldman is in this thing, and just as brilliant as he always God,
4: is. he's such a great actor, isn't he? Oh,
1: I mean, my God, he's great. I,
3: I might have to point out again, of all the guys I grew up with, there were 40 of us total went to school. We didn't hang out together all the time, but the school group, the hangout group, the sports group, those kind of people, there were 40 of us. There are six left. And most of them died the same way Orson Welles did. Mm. I'll tell you that. You think you should slow down, or you're just going to keep drinking out of that 55 gallon drum for Christ? It'll sake. never
0: happen to me.
1: Oh.
3: I'm
0: invulnerable.
3: And that's exactly what they thought too. Ah, it's not going to affect me the way it does a lot yep. of people.
1: Well, Orson Kenosha, Wisconsin native.
3: What? Is, was it Kenosha? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, because obviously you read up on him after you see a film like that, and I think he was only 73.
0: I'm surprised he was that old. Yeah, me too.
1: He died at 73.
0: I don't see. Uh, uh, How old was he? Chuck?
1: He
5: was... I think
0: was, he was 73. I'm not he sure. He was 70. He was only 70. 70? Yeah. Well, so was, uh, I Why? believe,
3: Jackie Gleason died at 72, didn't he? I think so. He died at 70 years
0: old. Hard Life, you, uh, you're you lucky to get to 70. Both. 71. 71. Another Both.
4: version of Andy Looks Up Shit on the Internet.
1: <laughs> exactly. Here we go. You don't have to look this up. Mankiewicz didn't last as long as Orson Welles. No. Oh,
3: died in his 50s or something, did he?
1: And it wasn't that long after the film. And, 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 oh. and Oldman was playing. You know, He was much older than what he was playing. But I think Mankiewicz was in his early 50s, yeah.
0: Hmm. Oh god. It's god. often when it catches up to you.
3: Well, in the early 50s, if you're that big a boozer? Yep. Yeah, man, several friends of mine. As a matter of fact, one of them, I won't say who it was, obviously, that like, most people would know it is, but I saw him about a year before he died, and I went, oh, my God, what happened to him? He looked horrible. You know, he lived
0: so long without a liver.
3: And that he was about, I don't think he was 50 yet. I think it was <laughs> his late 40s. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't, I could. I barely could tell it was the same person. It was really yeah. that bad. It was really scary.
0: Drink responsibly, kids.
3: Yes, kids, if you're <laughs> going to booze it up today at the house. Didn't
1: Orson say that in his commercials for Asti Spumante? I, <laughs>
3: did he do <laughs> Asti Spumante, Asti too? Spumante. He did it as Paul Morgan
1: <laughs> David. I forget what the commercial was.
3: It was Paul Messon, Come mm-hmm. on, it was a very Tony brand. Mm-hmm. It was low-end French champagne is what it was. It's He fermented did a in the commercial
4: for peas, too, didn't he? Yes, uh,
3: in um, July. Yes. What was that? It was peas grow what, there. Wasn't Jolly Green Giant? Who was uh, it? Oh
0: no, god. What was
3: it? <laughs> was it Bird's Eye. It was one of the vegetable brands. How
4: drunk do you think the ad agency was? I know, I will get Orson Welles to do a commercial about peas. Um.
3: Uh, what commercial
1: was he recording when he said those famous words? That was I the- will <laughs> blank blank on you, yeah. That was the. Uh, wait, 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 you know what I'm talking about. I think
0: like, that was the peas. That
3: was the pea in July. The we know a remote farm
0: in Lincolnshire where Mrs. Buckley lives. Yeah, yeah that's a uh, Findus or Findus. It's a British brand of frozen foods.
3: Oh, it's Findus. I thought it was an American brand too. Uh,
0: apparently not. I always thought it was too, but no.
3: One of the greatest quotes on that entire session when he's recording those commercials, the guy says. Uh, Orson Orson would you hit the word in a little bit uh, mm. a little harder in July in July we grow the peace, and Orson Welles says to him you show me how to use in July in a sentence and I'll go down on you
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's just like telling William Shatner no you tell me how to do it how
3: do you want <laughs> yeah, Exactly yeah, sabotage oh, yeah, Ta- you say sabotage I say sabotage <laughs> <laughs> You know
1: what you want
3: God, it's oh, wonderful.
1: Bill Shatner. God All work. right,
3: Timmy, behave.
1: I will. Guys, have a great weekend. And, uh, Tommy, I guess I, I, you're on next Thursday, correct, on the Q?
3: Uh On KQRS, I will be on Thursday, yep.
1: Yes, yes. So we'll uh, be doing the reviews as usual next week.
3: All right, Pally. We'll talk to All you right. a week from today.
1: All right. See you, guys. Thanks a lot.
3: Bye, Tim, Tim Lammers. Special guest coming up on Car Selling Secrets.